0: Hey everybody, it's Adam, Adam Live and in person for you Adam. Hey everybody, it's Adam.
1: Adam Wonder who he'll interview I am so excited to welcome back Claiborne Elder, who is getting ready to return to the acclaimed Broadway revival of company starring Patti Lapone. In our last episode, we talked about Claiborne's career. Today, Claiborne is burying it all with Call Me Adam about family, fatherhood, lessons learned, and living out his HGTV dreams. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Claiborne Elder. So how has fatherhood changed you and maybe changed the way you look at your career as opposed to before you were a father?
0: Ooh, it's a good question. Um, You know, it sounds dramatic to say in a way, but everything has changed. For the better, Uh, it it was, you know, being a father is my favorite thing in the whole entire world. Um, And I, that, that darn kid, I just love him so much. Um, And, you know, when I was a kid growing up in Utah, I was the youngest of eight siblings, big family, saw lots of families around me, but didn't really have any like examples of gay family, didn't know anybody didn't, didn't know any gay parents. Um, I know they existed, they just weren't in Utah. (laughs) So I didn't really have any examples. And, and so I always thought I wanted to be a father, but I don't, I didn't really know it was possible or how it would even be possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and my husband and I talked about having kids on our third date and we both really wanted to do it, but, you know, kind of said, we're not sure how, and we, we ended up doing a surrogacy and, you know, I'm very open about it. People are always like, Am I allowed to ask? I'm like, yes, absolutely. We will, I, I will tell you the whole thing. Um, but we did a surrogacy um, and he was born. And, you know, it's a lot of people say this sort of thing, but your priorities just shift when suddenly, and it's not unlike having a dog. When you're like, "Oh, all of a sudden I have to go back and be at home and taking out the dog." That's a good stepping stone because the more people have dogs, more people know that experience, so I can equate mm-hmm. that. But it's like that you have to you're keeping someone else alive. Someone else is responsible you know you are responsible for someone else. And it really um I feel like it really grounded me. It really gave me a great perspective on things. um. And also it's just that sense, you know, Amy Poehler in her book, if you ever read her book, she says in it, if you chase your career, your career will treat you like a bad boyfriend. But if you chase your life, then your career will chase you. And I believe that. And I, you know, it's, it's, it is how I, it is a big way in how I live my life. And, you know, I, getting married, having a baby, has it gotten in the way of, of me, of work? Probably. I hope so because that's why we have a life you know like you you get married you 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 want your life to be more complicated because it means that you matter to somebody and that you that somebody somebody's holding you responsible somebody Mm -hmm. needs you and having someone need you is just is the best it's the best thing you can ask for so i love it i don't think everybody should be a parent a lot of my gay friends were like oh, I mean, I just could never do that. I don't, I'm like, good, don't, by all means, don't. It's very hard. It's Mm -hmm. very hard. There's a lot of poop. There's, especially those first couple of years. Don't, don't do it if you don't want to do it. That's totally great too. But um, for me, it it is the best thing in the world.
1: And you can see all the adorable pictures of of you and Bo on your Instagram. I mean, I love all those pictures. He's a cutie. And you can tell just how, happy you are having him i mean you are like you get so excited over everything he does and it's just so great to see
0: thank i'm glad it's not obnoxious because i try to not be obnoxious about it but i do love him very much
1: and you even had him help you uh well quote unquote help you um fix up this amazing cabin that you have um and it it i mean first of all how did you even know how to do... I mean, you like really, you gutted the the cabin, which is, it's in... Near Kingston. It's
0: near Kingston. New York. Yes.
1: And you basically, I mean, you also documented it on Instagram. I mean, you gutted it and built it with your own hands. And I know you're the son of a carpenter. So That's that true. probably yeah. had that some help in lot. it. But yeah. um, did you feel like you were on a HGTV show? I did.
0: You know, I what happened, we bought the house... Um, the fall before the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and we bought it because it had, a, and it had a lot of work to do kind of, that was my dream as I wanted to buy something that needed a lot of work. Cause I wanted to put the work in it, but we bought it. Then I started rehearsals for company. We didn't have a ton of time. I, I was able to put a little work in, but then I was, you know, full, full speed ahead on company. And when the pandemic hit, you know, we were all sad, we were depressed. It was, we were only a week into previews. We'd worked so hard the world was falling apart. We were all scared. It was very scary. And I threw myself into fixing up the house. And I tore down the ceilings and I tore up all the tore up the kitchen and tore up the bathroom. And you know, just every day as the as it continued to stretch on, I took on more and more projects. And my husband keeps joking that by the he he was joking that by the end of the pandemic we were going to have a 2,000 square foot house or 200,000 square foot house because I was just gonna build and build and add extensions on, but um, but I did just kind of, that's what saw me through the pandemic is um, spending the time fixing up the house and painting, and Bo helped me paint, my son's name is Bo, and my husband helped me a lot. And actually, about a month into the pandemic, this is the the true untold story, about a month into the pandemic, as I was fixing it up and documenting it on Instagram, a producer reached out to me, a television reality show producer, and said, uh, hey, I'm interested in developing a show about you. And so there was a period of a couple of months where all of the stuff that I was doing was being shot (laughs) because it was being developed as a pitch for um, the Magnolia Network and HGTV, which is still sort of out there in the works. Um, my, My pitch my pitch tape and stuff that was created is still out there and the I'm still working with the producer on shopping it around and stuff. So maybe there'll be some sort of Broadway themed HGTV show at some point. Um, But not, not as of yet, but so it did feel like I was on an HGTV show because I sort of was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That is so exciting. I was actually thinking as you were describing this whole thing, I was like, there has to be some kind of like TV show within this, like, I don't know, getting Mm -hmm. like, creative creating with clay or something i don't know but
0: oh my god we kept trying to find of like musical ways how to tie in the broadway thing and Uh there were i I would be like there were times in which i was like singing and building things and all sorts of fun stuff so i don't know send some love out there send that out into the universe somebody call me back about yes i
1: i will i will say that whoever sees that tape that pitch tape you have to produce it. Clay is so engaging. He's so much fun, and I loved all of those Instagram posts. I was like, "Oh my god, look at this!" Look at. This. And then when I saw the finished product, I was like, "Wow!" And at one point, my my boyfriend and I were looking at it, um, because you you do Airbnb it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, little plug. So if you mm-hmm. do want to stay in this beautiful cabin <laughs> in the woods, in my house. yes, go on Airbnb and 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 check it out. I mean, it's gorgeous, and um. We we were looking at it. I think it was just also before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic. And then hit we started and... living here. Yeah, we yeah. Were, we've been
0: living here since
1: mostly. Yeah. So. Oh, my God, so exciting. Well, mm-hmm. um, OK, the last part of this legacy conversation, because we do have to we, I do have to keep moving things forward because I could talk to you forever. About I, th- I know I, I
0: love talking to you, so it's easy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So what's something about yourself you want to pass on to Bo?
0: Oh, that will make me very emotional. Um. You know i want everything for him um if i could wish anything for him it would be to find a vocation that he loves because that is such a huge part of my life and my husband's life and you know it's not easy to follow your passion for something and it requires a lot of bravery and so i hope he's that brave Mm. i hope we make him that brave that he, he feels like he can do that.
1: I think what, what I know about you and your husband, I think just the way you guys are, I think is example enough. I mean, you've done so much. And I mean, you, you personally, I didn't even get to talk about this before, but I mean, you left New York and moved to Kansas. Didn't your husband, because your husband used to run... The Kansas, Kansas. City
0: Repertory Theater. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you actually moved to live with him there. Were you nervous at all about sort of giving up your Broadway career and dreams and
0: yeah oh terrified this is this is a good like true bear it all thing which i i I haven't really ever talked about it in an interview i have written about it online but um my husband and i met he was living in kansas city i was living in new york we were going back and forth between the two places nonsensically for a long time and right before our son was born was like well I guess I'm going to move to Kansas city and raise this kid for a few years because I want to have a family. And he has, he's doing this thing. He's very passionate about that a job he really loves doing, doing really incredible work in a community that it's really, really helping. And um, so I moved away briefly. I mean, I always had an apartment still in New York, but I was gone. And the bad thing that happened when that happened was my agents were like, Oh, so you're just giving up. And I was like, absolutely not. No, I'm just figuring out a new way. I think this is going to work out. I don't know how, but it will. And also, this is my husband and our child. There's no negotiation here about me wanting to have a good life for them and for myself. And I broke up with my agents over it. I, I got in a huge fight with them over it over the course of about a month. And finally, I was like, you guys were not on the same page. You... You are more concerned about me being in a Broadway show than you are about my child being born, and I just don't think this is probably going to work out. We should we should just not do this anymore, which is a scary thing to do mm-hmm. because you know we need agents, we need mm-hmm. them, and it's a relationship that you have for long periods of time. And you know, luckily, I immediately signed with an agency that has been completely behind me, one hundred percent. CESD is the name of the agency, Aaron Grush. They are amazing. They want me to have a life. They support me in everything. Anytime, you know, lots of people have arguments with their agents where an agent will will want you to take a job because it's a lot of money, even if you really, 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 really don't want to do it. And they will try to talk you into it. And I've never had that experience with these people. And they, I will stay with them forever because... I know that they have my best interests at heart and my manager as well. My manager has been with me through everything and he is Steve Mayhack and um, he is one of my best friends. And I know, and most importantly, I know that they want me to have a successful life. They want me to have a successful career. They want to make money. I want to make money, but I know that they support me in my life. So that was a scary thing. And did I, I'm sure I, I, I'm sure I lost out on opportunities. I'm Uh sure I missed jobs, but you know what? There will always be another play. Uh There's always going to be another play. And sometimes you miss out on an opportunity because another one comes along, that's even more important for you to have. And you just, you don't ever know. And if you can kind of look at success and failure both in the same way, which is like, maybe. It's a good thing, or maybe it's a bad thing. Like I booked this Broadway show. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that show will close in two weeks, or I missed out on this huge job that I really wanted. Maybe that's a bad thing, or maybe next month, I'm going to get a TV show that I'm going to be on for five years and trying to kind of find the middle ground of just being okay, knowing that both success and failures fall in the same pool, which is the maybe pool has been a big comfort for my mental health in an industry that is very, um, has a lot of up and downs. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it.
1: Now, one last thing um, yeah. before we go into lessons learned, um, when you were living in Kansas, I mean, Kansas is not New York um, and you're a gay couple. Yeah. Did you encounter any homophobia or, I mean, what was it like living as a gay couple in Kansas?
0: You know, it's like a lot of larger, midwestern cities there's a very vibrant gay community because it's the it's the big city so Mm. everybody from the area goes to that big city Mm -hmm. so there was a really lovely gay community a really incredible arts community we loved loved our time in kansas city and we had an amazing house and i'm a cook and so we had this i had the most amazing kitchen and i would just cook we were sort of like if do you know a christmas carol the Fezziwigs. The Fezzi Wigs are like the boss that throws the big huge party that everybody yes, comes to. We used of. to joke that we were the Fezziwigs because when I was there, we would invite the whole cast of every single show. We would invite like 30 people over for dinner every weekend. I would spend two days cooking. It was so much fun. And having all these artists around, I had one music, I had one room that was just my music room that had mm. a piano and all of my musical instruments that I play. And we would invite people over for jam sessions and just play music and drink and eat. And it was so much fun. We really loved it. I will say we did face some some homophobia and Uh some things there, especially after our son was born. Um, Like public comments were made about him being an, uh, being an arts leader in the community and people, people congratulating us on the birth of our child and it being a political statement to congratulate us on the birth of our child, which I didn't love. Mm. And ultimately it's one of the reasons why we left in a, Mm. in a lot of reasons why it was just time to move on. But also we wanted uh, Bo to grow up in a place where it was totally fine Uh to be, to have two dads and where he didn't need to feel like a strange kid. Now- To every gay person who's having kids in the Midwest, in some tiny town, your kid is going to be awesome because of it. But for us, we wanted to be in your family. My husband's whole family is in New York. We wanted to be in the place where all of our people were, all of our theater people, you know, who we've been friends with for decades. So it was time to come home and we came home, which is New York. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back,
1: we'll have much more with Claiborne Elder. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy
0: place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. For the fourth year in a row, Dawn is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ community. Dawn continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all. And that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Dawn
1: is there for your home or your home away from home. So
0: visit can'tcancelpride.com to learn more. Hey, everybody, my name is Claiborne Elder, and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back.
1: What do you feel like is the one lesson you learned from that experience of it's time to go and let's move back home?
0: One of the things I love most about my husband is that we share a lack of fear about change. I don't know if that was the best way to say that. (laughs) Both of us are not afraid to make big changes in our lives. And I love it. And and um, I love sitting down and talking to him and talking about possibility because we both believe that anything is actually possible. Mm-hmm. And so when we were like, I don't know, should we uproot our entire lives and move to New York again? It was pretty easy. You know, it was a big decision, but neither of us were afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that similarly, when we started dating and we said, We live in two different cities. This is, how is this going to work? Neither of us were afraid to say, I don't know, but we're going to make it work. And we did. So it's so easy to say, don't be afraid of change. But I will say you will live a more full life if you're not afraid of it. Or if you do something that is scary, even though you know it's scary, that you do it anyway, because you will learn something or you will grow from it.
1: What is one mistake you made early on in your career that became a life lesson you take with you to this day?
0: You know, okay, well, so many. There are so many because I made all the mistakes, um, all of them, and it was great because it has led me to the place I am, but there were a lot of growing pain years in which I did a lot of dumb things. I will say two things quickly. One, when I first started in New York and I knew nobody, I didn't have an agent, I I didn't have a showcase, I really didn't know anyone. I just started going to all the equity open calls and I made friends with everybody, the people in front of me in the line, the people behind me in the line, everybody. And I asked them where their survival job was and what they were doing and what songs they were singing and who took their headshots and where they were going, what they were doing. And that's how I learned everything. I know or everything I knew about the business at that time. And, and I'm not a, you know, i'm I jokingly say that I'm an extrovert, technically, but I'm just not very good at it. But unfortunately, <laughs> I am an extrovert. So, like I get very shy and very awkward and talking to people. So it was not easy for me. and but I knew that it was important to learn from the people that were around me and doing the thing I was doing. so that's yeah. that's number one, make friends with other people in line. Number two, there was a time in which I, one and I will I'm going to be so vague because I don't want to use any specifics and get anyone in trouble. I will just say I was very, very poorly treated in an audition situation. And this was for a Broadway show. I was singing a song for like a fi- like a call final callback. And it was a director who had been very, very mean to me in the auditions. And she uh, yes. okay, that's a woman. Her cell phone rang during the song I was singing for the final callback, and she answered it and stood up and was walking around the back of the room during my audition and i thought it was my fault and i thought i was bad and i was like this must be because i am terrible and i let that hang over me for a while and i feel like not not as dramatic as this situation but i feel like actors often. When they go and have a bad audition. If they don't book it, if it doesn't go well, they immediately turn it on themselves Mm. and immediately turn it into like, I am ugly, I am not good enough, I can't sing high enough, I can't act well enough. When in reality, there are just so many other things at play that don't have anything to do with you. Mm. And it's like that, it's like a lot of a lot of self-help people say that that people often think that everyone is thinking about them but no one is really thinking about them it's uh-huh. sort of the same concept they might just not be thinking about you because there's a million there's somebody else they've already cast or that they have to cast somebody that looks like this because the other person is that high that tall and they need someone that tall to be the cross from them there're just a million things at play that you don't know and it really lets you off the hook when you when you can when you can learn that you can be fantastic in an audition and not book the job. And that really, you just have to look at every audition as a little acting class or like a little work session. You're just going in to show them a part of you. It's maybe not even the best part. You're just going in to show them a part of you, get to know them, get to chat with them, and that you're a human being. And I wish that I had said in that audition, hey, I'm in the middle of singing a song, do you want me to leave? Or I wish that I had been strong enough to, look, I didn't need to be rude back. I didn't need to like yell. I didn't need to be indignant. But if I had had the self um, awareness to be like, this person is being really rude and being really inappropriate. And just because she's a big Broadway director and I am just a lowly actor does not mean that I am worth less than she is. And I don't need to do this. And I don't wanna work for someone that's gonna do that. Uh And I wish that I had left that room being like, wow, bullet dodge that I didn't get this job because that woman sounds like a nightmare, you know, Mm -hmm. like who would do that? So I wish that I had had that kind of, that kind of strength even when I was starting out. And have you avoided working for this director since? I have. And they have, (laughs) they have, they have have offered me a job. And I Mm. have said no. Well, good for you for
1: standing your ground now. So the lesson, the lesson worked.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: have you ever been fired from a show? And if so, what did that moment teach you? I think if I've
0: actually been fired from a show before. I mean, believe me, I've had lots of bad things happen. <laughs> I've definitely been like set up, lined up to be the person who gets the role in an audition uh-huh. and have gone in and self-sabotaged a little bit and like mm-hmm. lost it, lost the role for myself by being like too nervous or putting too much weight on it or not, you know, that has definitely happened to me before. Um, but technically I haven't ever been fired. That's great. <laughs> and let's I mean, hope you,
1: let's, let's hope you don't. Let's hope I don't get
0: fired.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, what's something you've learned from a co-star or castmate?
0: My favorite co-star of all time was Melissa Vanderskaife in Bonnie and Clyde. She not only became one of my best friends who continues to be one of my best friends, but I could, we, you know, we did, we did hundreds of performances of that show even though we had a short Broadway run because we did two out of towns together. We did at least, I don't know, between five and 10 workshops of the show as well over the course of three and a half years. So we worked on that show for a very long time together. She and I and, and Laura and Jeremy too, the four of us kind of stuck with it and she um, I could have, we've done a lot of performances of that show. I could do another hundred with her. Because we never did it the same way twice. Mm. Um, every, every single night we were exploring. And I remember the closing night of the Broadway performance. I remember thinking, we I walked off stage after a scene and I was like, wow, we just found something totally new. And this is the end, you know? And she was incredible. Just, it's not often that you work with someone who is exactly on the same page as you and likes to work in exactly the same way as you every single every night before every single performance of that show we did we met 15 minutes before the curtain and had we would meet and like go hide in a part of the theater where no one could see us be super weird and we would improvise as our characters for about 15 minutes and it was super weird and like very theater kid nerdy but we loved doing it together. And it just got us in the same room and got our characters on the same page to start out. And it's just not a lot of people you can do, you can be that kind of vulnerable with. Uh Um, And I love her dearly so much. She's one of the most talented people I've ever worked with.
1: That is so nice to hear that you guys are still friends to this day and just how much you mean, like, how much you enjoyed working with her. Because, I mean, you you were like one of the first few people... That like I really got to uh, sort of know through starting at at the time my website and yeah. um, I mean I've always loved I've loved following both of your careers and just hearing that you guys are still friends to this day is just so heartwarming. Oh,
0: thank That's you. Great. Yeah, I remember you in those early years at the uh, like the the like um, blogger website events. summit. Yes, yes. Um, the blogger like summit mm-hmm. thing in that in the upstairs of that bar. Yes. Um,
1: Yes, there yeah. was that whole right? We had a whole event of Bonnie and Clyde, Yes. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was so great. That was fun. All, all now, all these years later.
0: I know. Oh we still gosh. look the same. We still look exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe it's been as many years as it has been, actually, when you say that. It is crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay, so the last part of lessons learned is what is something you wish you could tell your younger self that would have saved you from a mistake or heartache, either in life or your career? Oh,
0: gosh, it's so hard to talk to your younger self, because it is, uh, it's very emotional. I, um, I would say that you're going to spend a lot of time thinking that you have missed out on opportunities, or that because you didn't go to the right school, because you weren't trained in the right way or came from a rich family or came from the right family or whatever, that you aren't going to be able to make it, whatever making it means. But I think that's the point is that I would say to myself that like, no matter what happens, you're going to make it because you're going to end up in exactly the place you're supposed to be. And it's really hard to see that that's true. But it is true. And to take comfort in that because it because what is supposed to happen will happen. And I believe that. That's very wise advice. If only well, I'd known. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's what growing up is all about. Right. That's
0: very, very true. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, we're at the end of the interview. And um, I always end my interview playing off of the title of my podcast, burying It All with Call Me Adam. So. If you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you haven't talked about previously, what would you share with me today? I wish everybody could see how hard you were thinking. Your hand is pressed <laughs> against your forehead, your eyes are shut. You're like, oh. I'm thinking so hard. <laughs> I know. You took um, your hat off now. I took you my hat off on. so
0: that my brain could get some air. Maybe it would come up with an idea. Oh, okay, wait. I've got a good I've got a good, bad date story. Okay. This was like my second boyfriend ever. I was just out of high school and he was in college and it was so like, oh, so hot. We were in love. I was going to like be with him forever. Dating this guy, he went away on a trip to LA, was on the prices right while he was there, and he won. He like won the showcase showdown. He won the whole thing and texted me about it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. That's so fun. I love him so much. Oh, he came home and broke up with me (laughs) after he won the showcase showdown (laughs) because he thought it was too good. (laughs) Oh my God. Because he was like, I'm going places and (laughs) I can't date you. You just graduated from high school. So the price is right. I have a tender spot against the Price is Right because it it tore the love of my life away from me when he won the showcase showdown. That was when I was 18 years old. Damn you, Price is Right. I'll never forgive you.
1: But look at this amazing life that you have. So I think in the it end, all worked out. it did.
0: Yeah. I wonder where he is. I don't even remember his name. Well, it's, there you go. See, there you go. So there apparently, seriously.
1: Exactly. So much for being in love and the love of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I love it that was a great story <laughs> okay um uh, well that is all the time we have for today so thank you so much for coming on um where can everybody find you on social media
0: you can find me at claiborne elder on instagram that's the best one
1: okay yeah. well follow him on instagram his posts are incredible you'll get to see his adorable son and um all his hgtv inspired pro- projects um And uh, don't forget here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have thousands of hours of art and theater related podcasts and download our brand new app so you can have your podcasts on the go. And you can even listen to non-Broadway Podcast Network podcasts within the app. So download it and keep listening.
0: He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's Adam Adam Litch for the business of show. Call me Adam.com.
1: Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite swag.